0: Classic 80s metal.
1: Symphonic death metal opera. But I've got to
0: be in the mood to listen to Black Sabbath.
1: Many of our listeners weren't even born then.
0: Back for was very progressive.
1: I can see there are thrash elements. You
0: are a metal paradox.
1: A stunning vision of death metal.
0: I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It just seems so dated. I hear this more as operatic and gaunt.
1: Flory and it will surpass Halpert as the iconic heavy metal singer. You're listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. Welcome, everyone. It's the Great Metal Debate Podcast, episode 31, November 2015, a celebration of all things metal. Feel free to tweet us at Metal Debate on Twitter or email the great debate at gmail.com. As always, I'm joined by my 80s obsessed co-host Brian. Brian, how are you, sir?
0: Did Did you just say feel free to tweet us?
1: 80s guy, I'm sure that is confusing for you. There's this thing called Twitter. Uh, where know, people can communicate. I have communicate.
0: seen many Twitters, some better than others. But
1: no, no, I, this is different than what you're thinking, Brian. Okay.
0: Man, you know, things have been kind of crazy at the Trunnel household. Molly, wild woman that she is, has uh, been injured again, and that's taken up quite a bit of time lately. But other than that, just been listening to a lot of great 80s metal.
1: That shouldn't take much time, because all the great 80s metal uh, you could probably get through in about an hour.
0: No, dude, I said good metal. Not, not the new shit that you listen to that everybody claims is metal. All right, dude. First, uh, let's get to it. I want to talk about something that you went to last week. Tell me about the Camelot Show and what it was like to talk to Thomas Youngblood.
1: And I had such an incredible time. I, I called my wife afterward and just said, this is one of the things that makes life worth living, getting to have an experience like that. It was a, a day I felt kind of rushed. I got out of church that Sunday morning before the show and hopped in the car, and it didn't even change out of my Sunday best. I was still in a tie and dress clothes when I did the interview. Nice.
0: Very nice. Were they sufficiently impressed?
1: Well, I'll tell you who was a little concerned. That was the (laughs) gentleman at the front gate. The guy at the front gate thought maybe I was a probation officer come (laughs) to see someone there, one of the roadies.
0: You know, odds are that there was a probation officer at that show.
1: But got to go back, talk to Mark Hudson. Brian, this was the first time I got to interview someone on the tour bus. Oh, cool. That may not seem like something to, to me, people. But I'll tell you what. If getting to go on the tour bus for an interview wow. becomes routine, yeah. then just come over and slap me because that's pretty freaking cool. It is
0: pretty. I, I, I had the chance to interview uh, uh, Beyond Creation on their tour bus, but we actually stepped outside so we could hear the music in the background. It's a pretty cool thing.
1: Yes, it was. So, finished that interview. A real good one. We have that up on our SoundCloud page. My interview with Mark Hudson from Dragon Force. Yes, check
0: that out, he, uh, Gom really nails it on that one.
1: Thought he gave some good answers, including uh, I did ask him about the recent attacks in Paris and, you know, what the band's thoughts were on that. Right. Which, and I thought, again, he gave a good answer.
0: Cool. cool. Uh, yeah, just check it out. You'll enjoy it.
1: So after that, they escorted me back toward the green room where I met with the tour manager for Camelot. We'll call him Bo, right. because that's his name.
0: Okay.
1: So I was standing there, and Bo heads into the green room, which is basically like a curtained-off area. Yeah. And I could see Camelot's keyboardist, Oliver Pelletai, who was sitting in there. Yeah. I don't know where the rest of the band was, but Bo went to Oliver and seemed to ask him about interviewing with me, and it was clear... That wasn't, like, on the top of his list of things to do, <laughs> which is totally cool. And, you know, i had done enough research to know he's not normally the guy who talks to the media. Right. So, yes. you know, and, and he was he was very pleasant. But one question in and Bo showed back up, gave me the timeout sign and said, hey, it's time for the sound check. Right. Oliver's got to go. You'll just have to wait here.
0: Yeah. So Oliver breathed easier, and you were worrying about getting your interview.
1: Absolutely. I'm sitting back there alone in the green room, and then two people wander in. Oh, it's Tommy Karavic and Cobra Page. Oh, I love
0: Cobra Page. And Tommy, too.
1: And they're like, hey. And I'm like, hey, I was just hanging out here. I was supposed to interview Oliver, but he's gone off to do the sound check at which point both of their eyes kind of widen <laughs> and Tommy goes I think we're supposed to be there.
0: You saved them. And they job, both dude. rush out.
1: They obviously needed to get somewhere. <laughs> but apparently Cobra wasn't quite as necessary for the sound check because suddenly I look up and she's standing beside me and she says, "What's the name of your podcast?" Oh,
0: excellent.
1: And I'm like, what's the great medal of bait? And we've actually had you on there. Yeah. And she remembered the interview with you, Brian. Uh-huh. got to talk with her for about five minutes. Super nice lady. Yeah. So down to earth. I, I honestly wish I was recording. You could share that with the listeners.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, if you haven't heard that interview that Cobra did with me back last year, you should uh, get on uh, one of our access points and check it out because she is an incredibly – Dedicated lady of metal, she's intense. She loves the craft,
1: so she has to run off back to the sound check. And at that point, Bo comes back in the green room and says, "Hey, I'm sorry you're having to wait. Would you want to go out and watch the sound check?" Oh, sweet! And I'm like, uh, "Yes, H- uh, thank you. Yes, I'll have one, please." I wander out into the venue, totally empty except for a few people, kind of putting up you know the merchandise tables and the band. They start playing. They play three songs, Brian. They play Rule the World, My Confession, Elysium. I mean, I was on cloud nine. You got a private Basically,
0: show. Were you at the barrier head banging?
1: I wasn't. Bo had me set in the back, but I was banging my head, and I was singing along with them. Here's where I wasn't sure what to do, Brian. When the song ended, I wanted to jump up and scream,
0: <laughs> but I day. wasn't
1: sure what the... You know what? What do you do in that instance? Is that appropriate?
0: <laughs> man, you gotta have to get up on the barrier, dude. Let them know you're there.
1: Well, I am sensitive. I mean, they're they're like working through their equipment. You know, Tommy was having some issues with his in ear monitors, and you know they're 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 at work. They're not performing for an audience, so I was sensitive to that. But man, that was an amazing experience to get to basically have a one man show from Camelot. That
0: that is very cool, man. So was Paige singing backup for them? Yeah, she was the backing singer. uh,
1: Just as the previous time I saw Camelot in 2013, Elisa White Gloves was the backing singer on that tour.
0: That's a pretty kick-ass backup singer that you've seen at concert there. That's that's some powerful vocals there.
1: And I talked with Thomas about that issue in the interview I did get to do after the soundcheck with Thomas Youngblood. We already have that up on our SoundCloud page as well. Talked with him about their thought process behind having guest musicians, and I just think that's one of the most unique things about Camelot, that each time you see them, you get that sound from a different, very talented uh, guest vocalist on tour with.
0: I wish other bands would adopt this philosophy. I think it uh, promotes incredible creativity. You get different viewpoints, if you will, from the same song, and when you can bring in talent like the Alyssa White Gloves and Cobra Page, you're really contributing to the body of work that you already have. It's amazing.
1: And the show later that evening was phenomenal. Dragon Force, the first time I'd seen them, I thought they put on a really good show. Camelot blew me away once again. I was high-fiving people around me. Ah. If you ever have a chance to see them, listeners, do so. They provide one of the best shows you'll ever see. Their material is just is so amazing live. Cam fan for life.
0: That's awesome, man. You got the private show, and then you got a great show. Brian, let's take a brief break to listen to some metal. Okay, yeah, let's do that. What do you got for me?
1: From Bay Area symphonic melodic death metalers Crep off their 2014 release Draconian Winter, this is Shattered Sanctum.
0: Dude. so that was Crep Hustle with Shattered Sanctum. I like that track, man. These guys are excellent. I'm definitely going to check out Draconian Winter.
1: I became aware of Crep Hustle in doing research for my interview a month or so ago with vocalist Heather Michelle from Grave Shadow. Right. I think Crep Hustle is an impressive band out there on the U.S. West Coast, and I really encourage folks to give their songs a listen on YouTube and purchase that album, Draconian Winter, via their bandcamp page.
0: And here's a rare thing, folks, an American band that Gomfog loves, and and rightly so, man. You know, it just always brings to mind this argument and this accusation that you have about some bullshit between what's a true fan versus a casual listener. And you always put me in that last category and it pisses me off. Rightfully so, because you are a casual listener, That's Brian. Bullshit
1: At the Camelot concert, Brian, I saw a true metal fan. Oh, this should be stunning. Tell me about it. There was a dude. He'd obviously been to the VIP, the meet and greet, because he was holding the whole time his signed poster from the band. He was front and center at the barrier. And I watched him during the concert, Brian. He sang along with Tommy Karavik. He knew every word to every song. And indeed, when at one point Tommy said, can anyone guess what the next song we're about to play is? He knew it. He'd obviously (laughs) been watching online videos. He'd been tuned to setlist.fm. That guy is the true fan. The guy who lives and dives for the music, knows every song, every lyric, obsesses over the band, my Cat is off to that guy a true fan.
0: You know what? I got no problem with saying this guy's a super fan and I hope he enjoyed the show. I just don't know that because I don't participate in that way that I would be labeled a casual listener or anybody for that matter. You know, just because we're not center barrier with uh, posters and paid for the VIP doesn't mean we're not fans.
1: The guy in the back who just kind of came because they thought, "Yeah, I've heard some Camelot stuff, uh-huh. and I kind of like it." That's not a fan, Brian. That that's a casualist.
0: Casual listeners can be fans. What about somebody like uh, John Stoman from uh, the band Dysphoria? He listens at the sound table and he stays there the entire concert. He doesn't headbang a whole lot, but he thinks that's the best place where the sound is. He's there. Truly for the music. Don't tell me he's not a super fan. If he knows all
1: the lyrics, if he obsesses over the band, then maybe I would agree. That's fanaticism,
0: if, and that does not That's what a fan is. No. Fan is short for fanatic. Fan means I like it. No, that's casual no, that's listening, bullshit. Man. I can enjoy music just as much as that dude can.
1: I would just say enjoying music is... A prerequisite, but not sufficient to be a fan.
0: Jesus, man, I hope that... It's a good thing you're not Jesus, because nobody would make it into heaven because they're not sufficient enough to be considered Christian. It's the, same, it's the same philosophy, dude. You can't condemn someone because they're not hanging and dying on every word that the band...
1: You don't want to walk through the narrow gate of fandom... You want the wide path of casual listeners being included in the fandom. Oh, well, shit,
0: dude. Now you got me scared I'm going to hell. That's no fun talking to you. Listen, you can't tell people they're not fans. It's not, it's, it's an arbitrary judgment to begin with. And you're a freaking harsh critic of fandom. My God, you would only have four people at the concert if they got to go based on how big a fan they are. If they're not. Blood, sweat, and tears coming over the, the barrier, they're not fan enough for you. I'm just honest in
1: saying most people who come to a concert aren't real fans. God,
0: you're full of shit. You're not honest. You're delusional. You are self-aggrandizing and self-defining, and it's a good thing that you're not like in charge of who does get to be a fan.
1: Brian, are you claiming that every concert you've gone to, you were a fan? Because I I certainly would not call myself a fan of a number of bands I've seen
0: in concerts. Okay, well, first of all, I'm a fan of concerts, period. That's a different story. Second of all, no, I wouldn't claim that I'm a super fan. I'm certainly not a fanatic of bands. What I do love is going and listening to bands I like. Maybe they play four or five songs that I like instead of the entire set list of ten. That doesn't mean I'm not a fan of that band. You're not a
1: fan. Fan is a fanatic. Fans are fanatical. Fans live and die for
0: the music. Oh, my God. Listen, if you're a fan of the music, you're just a fan of the music, dude. There can be degrees of it. We're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one. Because I'm not changing my mind. I am a fan of some bands.
1: Whether you're a fan or a casual listener, we have some music I think you'll enjoy. Music from Framework a melodic metal outfit from New Jersey. Oh, yes, I've heard this. This song is from their 2014 album, A World Distorted. Here is The Delusionist. another example of a great album in music in 2014 that I'm just now catching on to in 2015, check them out online on Facebook at Framework NJ, where you can find out about upcoming shows as well as how to purchase their album.
0: Framework NJ, that does not stand for nut job either.
1: No, it's New church. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's what I meant. Listen, dude, this is what I love about The Great Metal Debate. It introduces me to so many bands and songs and music that I haven't heard before that I get to love from the very first. And Framework is one of those bands, man. The Delusionist is an awesome song. And I'm checking out A World Distorted. I suggest you do the same.
1: Very good stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, Brian, wrapping up today,
1: what have we got coming up for the remainder of 2015?
0: I know that I personally have a uh, best albums list for 2015 coming out, and it's going to put yours to shame because mine is actual metal. With, like, guitars and stuff.
1: I am so frightened to even hear your best albums list.
0: Well, listen, dude, you can be as afraid all you want. You're going to be headbanging. You're not going to be able to help yourself. When my top ten albums come out, you will be headbanging.
1: I think my head will drop, and then uh, I may vomit,
0: Brian. Oh, but then we'll have a hurdy-gurdy, or maybe somebody will play the tambourine and you'll start really rushing the stage then. Hurdy-gurdy, guitar,
1: tambourine, any of those could be used to perform
0: metal. God, you do not deserve the ears you have on your head. It should be outlawed for you to listen to metal and label it. Beyond our upcoming episode
1: focusing on the best albums of 2015, I'm going to a CD release show in Bowling Green, Kentucky on Friday, November 27th for the band Beyond Duplication. They'll be promoting their debut album, Open Eyes, and the show will feature some other area acts, including New Albany, Indiana's Catechist, who I've seen before opening for Elevete.
0: Man, Uh, I love the song that we uh, previewed for them,
1: man. I'm going to have to try to catch that show, dude. And if any of our listeners are there, look for a guy in an
0: Arch Enemy tea,
1: I'll buy you a drink, and we can talk about how sad Brian and the other old-school metal fans are.
0: Dude, I'll be there headbanging your ass off, man. That's what's going to happen. It's on now. Look for me, the guy, totally pounding the dude with the hurdy-gurdy up his ass.
1: Well, that'll do it for this show. Before we go, I want to remind our listeners to check out all our amazing content,
0: podcasts,
1: interviews, and fancasts at The Great Metal Debate on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. Whatever your streaming or download preference, we're on a platform that will work for you. Also, feel free to join in the conversation on our Facebook page. Let us know what type of metal and what bands you're listening to. We live to get your opinions and feedback.
0: We love to hear from our fans and listeners.
1: Until the next episode, sell your soul for metal and defend it till your dying day.